0: Hello, hello everyone. This is SoundRise, the music podcast hosted by Vlada and Alexander. So today, uh, this is our first episode of the podcast. So we will quickly explain uh, what we're going to try to do here. Uh, Every week we will choose a different artist or a different band and we will listen to a part of their output and then comment on it the bands in question don't have to be the bands that we listened to before or it can be a band that we're a fan of so there's no rule to this right alexander
1: yes in both mainstream and obscure bands are included so no no specifics rules regarding the type of band
0: yeah so uh We're trying to share our impressions with you, and also we are free to your suggestions as well. Uh, So today's band was chosen by Alexander, and it's Jefferson Airplane. Alexander, would you like to tell me why you decided that we should do this band first?
1: Well, uh, it's a band that I have actually never listened to. I have never been into jefferson airplane before recording this podcast i even thought that they were kind of uh kind of a glam rock band but when i started listening to them a few days ago uh i realized that they're quite different so and and obviously they are not so obscured and kind of mainstream but you know not your most mainstream band ever so Mm Those were the reasons.
0: Okay. Okay. So uh, it's interesting how you felt that they were a glam rock band. That to me is uh, because um, uh, Jefferson Airplane is a band from the 60s, right, slightly before glam rock came to the scene. So can you tell me what was it that made you think they are a glam rock band?
1: it probably lies in their name uh i probably confused them with with another band so i can say that this uh, i can say that this band was completely unknown to me which kind of makes it more interesting so yeah that's that that's that's the kind of brief explanation
0: all right so Well, I'll share a few words about my own experience listening to Jefferson Airplane. Of course, knowing that I'm a huge fan of the 60s rock, you can assume that I already listened to Jefferson Airplane before. Uh, But to be honest, uh, I never really stuck with them. You know, I, I liked some records. I think I listened to Surrealistic Pillow and... Another recording, a live album. Uh, bless you, pointed little head, or something like that. So uh, and I kind kind of dug these records, but I have to say, for some reason, they never stuck with me. Uh, I was more into Grateful Dead. If we're talking about this San Francisco psychedelic scene from the '60s, and of course, there are some similarities in sound between all these. San Francisco bands of the era like Grateful Dead and uh, Quicksilver Messenger Service, uh, Moby Grape, and of course Jefferson Airplane. So I was kind of excited when you proposed that we should do Jefferson Airplane because I haven't listened to them in a long time. So I knew I could approach the music with a fresh set of ears. So... uh, For this podcast, we chose three records, okay? Alexander, can you tell us which three records we're going to discuss
1: today? Yeah, Uh, we're actually going to discuss Serialistic Pillow, which is the album that Glada has already mentioned in this podcast, followed by After Bathing at Baxter's, and last but not least, Volunteers. But Vlada, I would like to ask you before we start um, discussing Jefferson Airplane, what is your impression and what do you you think of the 60s music-wise? Well,
0: as you know, uh, as I already pointed out, I'm a big 60s guy, you know. So while I do listen to music from all eras and I don't discriminate based on age, I think... The 60s music, for me, has a very special value. I'm very emotionally attached to that era. I can also say that I'm a bit biased in favor of the 60s music, uh, especially given that I truly became a music fan when I discovered the Beatles. That, to me, changed everything. When I was about 10 years old and I heard the Beatles for the first time, was a huge revelation so I went on from there and got into a lot of 60s music as a kid and there was a time when I wouldn't listen to anything past 1975 if you know what I mean so basically just 60s and 70s music so for me um, there's something special to the sound these bands have because they were the pioneers in many ways they you know they came from different musical backgrounds and then they blended their styles to create something new and original this is something that sixties rock bands have over everybody else because you know like even today when we discuss Jefferson Airplane you know these guys they came from folk music Or maybe from jazz and blues. They combined these influences, but they also created new forms. And I think that's what's most exciting about bands like this. You know, it's something... They're true pioneers. And I think in the 60s, uh, things weren't as polished, you know. You had to have that talent you had to make it based on your talent and nothing else so this is why i feel 60s in some ways might be the best decade in the history of
1: popular music that's a strong statement right there
0: yes and uh, of course it's the kind of statement that maybe purely subjective, but I just can't deny the emotional connection that I have with the 60s rock music. But how how, how about you? Are you into 60s rock?
1: Well, not as much as you are, but I have to point out that uh, some of my favorite bands were active in the 60s, especially in the late 60s and I can't you know I can't help but say the Studges and the Doors one of my all-time favorite bands Mm. there's just something special about it a special kind of sound which is pretty raw but it it doesn't sound it doesn't really sound cheap it it really sounds high-tech in a way but still it has that rawness and that mm-hmm. power and punch that you don't really hear in uh, in some other types of music, I would say.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I love those bands as well, and I think this is a part of what I was saying when it comes to originality of these bands, you know. They were the pioneers. Uh, you mentioned the Stooges, they pretty much... Defined punk long before punk came to the scene, so to
1: say. Long before the Sex Pistols and the mm -hmm. Clash and all of those. They were just. Yeah, yeah. I mean,
0: yeah, it's not like. uh, I wouldn't call the Stooges a punk band, but, you know, the aesthetics of their music are very much in line with what punk bands try to do. So, in that sense, they were the originators of punk music and uh and when it comes to sound you know like i think uh that's another thing you know like the way songs were recorded back in the 60s the technology wasn't as developed as it is today but that gave the sound a certain kind of warmth a certain kind of feel, you know, now the recordings are too good, they're too perfect. You know, it's like when you listen to the drum sound and you nowadays you can literally hear the dust on the drums basically. And that that sounds a bit off to me. You know, I like this kind of organic sound of the sixties where like all the instruments blend together Especially before the st- people started recording in stereo, so everything would just blend
1: together and give it a special kind of feel. It was the sound that comes right you know from the from the amp mm-hmm. basically yeah, 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 I think so no, no polishing or or anything but let's get into uh Jefferson airplane. All so, right. obviously the first record that we're gonna talk about is Surrealistic Pillow. Uh, obviously it was released in 1967. Uh, it featured their uh, female vocalist for the first time. She, she came to the band a little bit um, later. Uh, she is called Grace Slick and I yes. do find something special about her vocals but uh, okay I'm, yeah I, I'm gonna you know I'm gonna give you the microphone back and can you give us your thoughts about this album's uh, realistic pillow
0: okay so uh, yeah you mentioned Grace slick and she's uh, you know in in many ways she's considered a, a frontman of this band not the frontman a front woman of course and um, but I I, I know that she's not an actual leader of the band here, but definitely in, in many people's eyes, the keen member because of that energy she brought with her vocals. Um, what I think, well, I, I have to say that the first time I listened to this, which was a long time ago, I really liked it, but I didn't find it very special. Like I enjoyed it, but I didn't really go back to it. But now, I really, really enjoyed it the second time. I started to hear things that I don't think I heard the first time I listened to it, like 15 years ago. And uh, what I really love about it is the folky vibe. You know, it's um, there is a well, lot absolutely. of a, a, a lot of acoustic guitars, and they give it this kind of dark mystical sound and yes. then you know the electric guitar is used in a way that gives m- color to these songs and it just creates this fantastic atmosphere where um, it draws you in you know and another aspect to this are the vocals because yeah you have very slick but you also have other guys and they often harmonize or sing together in in this very folk music way, similar to the birds, I guess. Uh, and I really dig that sound. To me, uh, what really sets Jefferson Airplane apart from many other psychedelic bands of the era is that the songs seem to be very well thought out. You know. They're not just trying to, to get this psychedelic sound. They, they want the psychedelic sounds to enhance the song that's already fully formed, that's already there uh, as a full-blown song that could work very well in a much uh, simpler arrangement. That's what I really
1: loved about the record. I can agree on most, on most uh, parts, especially the folk vibe. Um, When I listen to to this band, um, some songs just remind me of some Norwegian and Nordic vibes. You know, some songs just, uh, I can just imagine a foggy, gray, cold day, you know, in the woods, and it's it's uh, also uh, I cannot really tell who the frontman is here uh, mm-hmm. because there are multiple vocals, so yeah, yeah, it doesn't yeah. sound like a band who has you know one person that's the main the main mm-hmm. thing. But when it comes to Grace, um, mm-hmm. there's something there's something different uh, about the songs where she is the uh, the main vocal because I kind of feel that the music is adapted to her vocals and sometimes Mm -hmm. it even sounds like you're you're listening to another band because it's so it it differentiated it it's so different differentiated uh, Mm -hmm, yeah rest of the album yeah it's it's very
0: distinctive when she takes the main role you know when she's at the helm, there's loved about the record as well the some of the songs sound very mellow, very chill and still have that dark vibe going but then when she songs become more dramatic, you know like especially it. It's one of their most well known songs. And for a good reason, like I feel that when when she sings that song, she gives it that edge, you know, like the, the electric guitar, this very sharp electric guitar in the background, uh, the marching drums, and then she just gives it this feel. That I feel is the reason why this becomes so popular that it's been featured in so many films over the years. And definitely, I think this is one of their key songs for a very good reason. Another one is Somebody to Love. What do you think about that one?
1: That one has been quite overplayed. Yeah, that's, I think that's. Um, 100% their most well known song. Um, I think everybody knows that song. Um, it's it's nice. I mean, I like it. I wouldn't say it's their best song, and I certainly wouldn't say it's their best song on this album. Um, but I liked it. Yes, yes, it's it's fine. yeah so uh
0: it's i think it's the song everyone knows or at least people used to know it i don't know if it's still that popular uh but to me while it's a good song there's no doubt about it and grace is very special in that song as well to me this song doesn't quite capture me as much as the rest of the, the record. So doesn't yeah. quite uh, captivate my attention, you know. So, uh, yeah, it's definitely a, a great song, a hit single for a good reason. But I think the rest of the record... Uh, draws me in far more and it's far more enjoyable to listen to so in in a way um, I think this song doesn't quite fit in with most of the record but on its own right it's a good song yeah yeah,
1: it it doesn't really show you the real Jefferson airplane Mm -hmm. at least that's my view but do you have any yeah, other songs yeah,
0: that you think, want? To yeah, point that's out? that's Yeah, that's usually how it goes with uh, most bands that have one or two universally known songs, they don't really come to represent that band, you know, but people mistake that song for what the band sounds like. And while in case of somebody to love, it does really sound faithful to Jefferson Airplanes' uh, musical direction. It still it still doesn't quite capture what they're really about. You know, it's kind of like you know some other bands like Los Lobos, La Bamba. Everybody know everybody knows that one, but that one certainly doesn't come to represent what los lobos were and are about so there there's many examples like this in the history
1: yeah. of rock music so you can never okay. base your opinion on a band you know you you can never have the the complete impression based on just one song
0: mhm yeah i agree it's like you need to um not just one but usually people pass judgments on the band based on a a single album that they listen to or a few hit songs that they listen to Uh, and, and you know that's really not the way to go about it because a lot of bands have had different stages in their careers where they would have completely different sounds or different lineups. Sometimes you have to dig into their discography in order to be able to properly assess uh, the quality and how much you, as a person, take joy in listening to yeah. that respective band. You know. So.
1: And speaking of lineups, Jefferson Airplane. Um they they weren't active for many years. Um they were active I think from the s- nineteen sixty seven to seventy two, and then they had some brief stints, but uh interestingly, uh they have a successor band uh which is called Jefferson yeah. Starship, which includes some yeah. of the former uh Jefferson Airplane. Members,
0: yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, essentially, it's Jefferson Airplane just under a different name because it does have some of the key members, you know, like Marty Balin and uh, Grace Slick, and uh, doesn't have the guitar player though, Yorma uh, Kukwanen. Uh, yeah, it's Finnish, so I'm not sure I pronounced this the right way, but yeah, TV, that guy. <laughs> that guy is the star i have to say for me that guy is the star of these recordings that we listen to his guitar work to me is just incredible it gives the band uh, it elevates the band sound you know from this nice pleasant folky band to uh, an electrifying force of nature basically that's how I always describe it and well I true. love listening love listening to his contributions and um, he went on to form a band called Hot Tuna which I also listened to in the past quite a good blues rock band very rootsy a bit different from Jefferson Airplane But also in in its nature, it's a jam band, you know, Jefferson Airplane were also a jam band, which you may not conclude from all these studio recordings, even though there are some songs where they go on into extended jams, but live they would jam. They would go into 10, 15 minute improvisations, similarly to Grateful Dead and Uh, other of their San Francisco peers. So this guy's the guy who brought in that jam element to the band. Not to underestimate the musicianship of the rest of the band, I think they all sound fantastic in these albums. Uh, Would you agree with that?
1: Yeah, uh, especially In regards to live recordings because these albums that we're gonna discuss today um, they feature some uh, live recordings and I found them quite amazing Uh, something better than the studio versions
0: yeah yeah yeah, like the bonus tracks I have to say that I personally didn't really listen to uh, a lot of bonus tracks here so I just wanted to focus on the albums themselves but yeah, uh, from what I heard, yes, definitely, this is a live band. You know, in that era, this was a band that was worth seeing live. That was, that could truly shine in the live setting, while the studio setting was more there, you know, to properly record the songs and uh, just. Um, to basically l- draw fans in for the live experience okay so uh, is there any song here on this record surrealistic pillow that you would single out
1: well um well it's not an easy question to be honest because there are plenty of good good tracks I was quite impressed with this album. But uh, I would pick Embryonic Journey. Oh, interesting. That's uh, an instrumental track. Yes, it is. And what I liked about this track is that it it sounded to me kind of relaxing, refreshing. It reminds Mm -hmm. me of Springtime, which uh, obviously we cannot... Uh, enjoy as much uh, because uh, as we see it here on record there's some um, dangerous cir- circumstances that we're facing so um, yeah I-, I can single out that one and also Plastic Fantastic Lover which is I think also featured in some of the, of the other albums uh, I think it was a live version but uh yeah those two are probably mm. my top two songs from this album all right so which one should we play first well let's let's start with plastic fantastic Lover."
0: all right okay let's listen to it and then we will discuss our impressions on this one Go.
1: Okay.
2: But an electric sign You could say she has an individual style She's a part of a carnival time Super a lady, chrome, cut the clothes you wear Cause you have no other But I suppose no one knows You're my plastic, fantastic lover She shuts of this nothing but a used machine Her aluminum finish, slights and diminished Is the best I ever have seen the cosmetic baby plugged into me And never ever find another And I realize no one's wise To my plastic fantastic lover to rust her trapezoid thermometer taste, all the red tape is mechanical rape of the TV program roast, data control and IBM science is mankind's brother, but all I see is draining me on my plastic fantastic life.
0: so so quite a track I think this one is really punchy it's very short very catchy extremely catchy like if if you listen to this record for the first time I reckon this is one of the songs that might stuck with you that might stick with you
1: yeah and it actually reminds me of some movies it, it sounds like a song that's kind of preparing you for the dra- the dramatic part of the, of the movie that's like preparing you for something spicy um, I, I dig it to be honest uh, at the moment this is one of my favorite tracks from this album.
0: Yeah definitely uh, one of the most interesting tracks I love the guitar here the electric guitar I love the cal- uh, the rhythm section like just gets into it straight away. It's very like it it really pumps you up the way the song starts. You know, it's it's like it's full speed from the get go. Uh, The lyrics, very much the lyrics that are a sign of those times, I think kind of hippie, dippy sort of stuff, which... In their uh, in their interpretation, that stuff sounds great. I think. Uh, I think. I, I, uh, sometimes I'm not sure what they're talking about, but you know, with this kind of stuff, it doesn't really matter as long as it fits the music. It fits the atmosphere, and I, I, here I think it does it perfectly. So, um, yeah, definitely a great track. Again, Jorma Kaukonen fantastic guitar
1: work for me just love it so what rating would you give this album oh this one
0: i definitely think nine out of ten for this one it's a very strong album in in my opinion and it's a classic album for a good reason Uh, this is the one that people go to if they want to start listening to Jefferson Airplane, this is they'd rather go to something like this than start with some kind of compilation of their best hits. And and this album has their two most famous songs, but it does offer so much more than that. Um, and you know, I was talking about the atmosphere that they're able to create. Um, you know, this was. A band that was formed by two folk musicians, essentially, Marty Balin and um, what's his name? Paul. Uh, do you remember his surname? Paul.
1: Just
3: oh, to see.
1: not sure exactly. Let me see. Paul, yeah, uh, Kentner.
0: Aha, uh-huh, Paul sure.
1: Kentner. Yes, exactly. Yeah
0: yes and um, you know it shows and I love that folky atmosphere and you know in this period mid 60s 66 67 this is where a lot of folk bands thanks to Dylan and the birds started to embrace the electric sound and it really elevated their music and uh, uh, that's why I would like to single out a tune that appealed to me the most here it's it's the fourth song today um, hey, nice one yes and i just love like it's it's a ballad kind of song but also has this very dark vibe uh, you know you it, you can really identify with the singer while listening cuz it's very emotionally resonant i would say but the it's, guitar work, the acoustic guitars here, yeah. are just beautiful.
1: It's all about the voice when it comes to the song, mm-hmm. for me. Yeah, yeah, same. The voice, it really draws
0: you in. It uh, The lyrics, uh, here in this one, the lyrics are much more straightforward. So it's easy to to know what the singer is singing about which makes song which makes this song i think more emotionally appealing you know more emotionally resonant so let's let's play today by jefferson airplane
1: let's go
3: I'm in love with you, with you standing here, I can tell
0: Okay, so Alexander, what do you think about this one? Uh,
1: I'm pretty amazed with this one. What a song! What a song! That's that's what I would say. Um, as I mentioned, it's all about uh, the vocals and the intro as well. Mm, yeah,
0: the intro to me is mesmerizing because. Like you know, from from the moment those uh, electric guitar notes come in, you know you're in for a treat. It's like I love that kind of vibe, um, uh, very San Francisco vibe. Like I heard this kind of vibe on Grateful Dead records as well, and this this feeling, these like gentle guitar, electric guitar notes. Uh, that sound uh, they had some kind of epic sound to them you know like you know that the song is going to be uh, emotional you know that it's going to take you uh, on for a ride just amazing uh, beautiful love song you can you can feel the singer suffering you know you can feel his pain yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah, and you can definitely relate to that. So do you have anything to add about this album or should we move on to the next one?
0: Well, I think we can move on to the next one, but uh, for surrealistic Pillow, we can just conclude that it's definitely worthy of its classic status. I know that some people might find this kind of psychedelic rock from the 60s is a bit outdated but that's the thing with Jefferson Airplane with this album it doesn't sound outdated because while it does contain some of the typical tropes of the 60s psychedelic music, it the songs are very strong and psychedelia is just like, uh, like uh, the topping on on all this beautiful music that they created, you know, every song is well thought out, well written, the performances are beautiful, different voices, I love it, I I love it when a band has several singers that can uh, pull off a beautiful melody, it's just amazing.
1: Well, this album... uh... It does sound old, and don't don't get me wrong, I'm not saying that's a bad thing, but compared to the rest of the albums, uh, it, it does sound a bit, well, I'd say outdated, um, but overall, it's a very good album. Uh, I would give it an 8 out of 10, so uh, I'm not really a 9 out of 10 like you, so... N8 would be a perfect rating for yeah, this album from my side.
0: It's also a fair rating, I guess. Yeah, so... Okay, then we, we can move on to After Bathing at Baxter's, their third record. So, Surrealistic so Pillow was their second album, and the first one with Gray Slick. And this one yep. is their third record. And um, I like this one, too. But I have to say... Uh, it didn't quite stick with me like the previous album. I feel like I need a few more listens to fully grasp this record. Uh, what do you think?
1: I will have to uh, agree with that one because um, it, it, it sounded kind of different. It sounded new. And mm-hmm. Even though it was released the same year as a Surrealistic Pillow, it was quite different, and yeah, absolutely spot on with that. Uh, I would have to give this one a listen a few more times. So it, it didn't quite have that impression. Uh, I don't have a specific kind of description of this album. Uh, so no no huge uh, emotions from, from my side. Regarding this album,
0: yeah, I mean, I liked it. There are some songs I would single out here, and it's definitely for them. I guess at that time, it was definitely a step in the right direction because, unlike the previous album, this one sounds a bit more aggressive. You know, like the guitar work is more aggressive, so it gives the listener a different feel they don't repeat themselves so much you know like you can still hear it's the same band but as you said they do sound different here and i think for them at that time that was the right thing to do and it, it led to greater things moving on through their discography so this one I, I i really appreciate it and i will probably give it a few more listens But it doesn't have such strong songs like Today, like Plastic, Fantastic Lover, White Rabbit, you know, it doesn't have that great atmosphere of the previous record.
1: The thing with this album is that it has a lot of songs that are okay to me, but a few of them are just absolute bangers. Um, I would definitely single out the ballad of you and me and Neal because it's catchy AF. That riff mm-hmm. is sick. Um, so mm-hmm. th- that's that's kind of that's the thing with this album. It, it's kind of you get two completely different um, parts of it. So kind of it, it's kind of inconsistent. But a few of these tracks. Uh, are absolute world beaters for me
0: yeah yeah definitely uh, I mean as he said it sounds more aggressive and you have again great electric guitar stuff from Yorma. just amazing he's even more prominent here I would say because in the uh, on the previous album you had a much more folkier vibe going, and Yorma would add color, and he did it so masterfully. But here he's kind of at the for, uh, forefront of the recording. You know, he's more active, he's all over the songs, and I think that's yeah. a good thing. So let's listen to the ballad of you and me and Pooh Neil, and then we will discuss that tune. Break it on. pretty good
1: magnificent
0: yes yes excellent I loved of course the guitar work they already mentioned but also the way their voices just come together in this one you know uh, Grace uh, everyone else Marty uh, I don't know I'm not quite sure Um, I can't really differentiate the male voices so well because I'm not so familiar with the band but i love the
1: way everyone sounds here yeah yeah there's something groovy forceful Mm -hmm. and punchy about this song and as you have already said it it probably it was probably uh their new kind of their new brand of sound
3: Uh, yeah i
0: mean i mean it does harken back to the previous album a bit but it's like I feel this album is more energetic. It's more like the, the songs are more, they're kind of punchier. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And a very nice start to the record, you know, excellent song
2: to open yeah. the,
0: the album. And I think then the, the song that follows, A Small Package of Value, will come to you shortly. Rather uh, funny name is like some kind of psychedelic collage you know like a bit of, a lot lots of psychedelic sounds and then it moves on in a similar direction like the that first opening song uh, another song that i found interesting is two heads which is near the end of the album especially i was even uh, reading the lyrics trying to to decipher what they might mean uh, i think the song has some kind of uh, i think it might have some kind of ecological uh, theme going but it's very hard to tell but i really like the song itself a prime example of the 60s psychedelia what, what do you think about this one
1: well to be honest with you i cannot recall the exact sound so let okay. me let me get you back with my comments after after listening to it. okay so it's two heads after one two
3: lock on her belly at night sweet life. but no child mine. Yeah. Okay. all right so so what
0: yeah. do you think what do you think about this
1: one? Yeah, pretty, pretty impressive. Um, the, the lyrics are kind of, they have some unreal um, elements inside. Uh, I get some kind of fairy tale mm-hmm. vibe here. And, yeah. and of course, Grace, yet again, is just the driving force um, of the whole song.
0: I mean, I like this. Our loves a monster. Uh, no, sorry, sorry. That was that was uh, wrong lyrics. I'll edit this out. Okay, two heads. Yeah, I mean, uh, to me, you know, what really stands out is her performance here. Cause uh, it's just so dramatic, so theatrical you know the way you feel like she's a character uh, in a play almost like it's so oh yeah i i love the i i mean she has a very strong voice but what makes her a great singer in my opinion is the way she carries the song the way she she uh gives meaning to these words you know like the way you you can feel every single uh, every single word she sings Um, you want two heads on your body and you've got two mirrors in your hand you know like these lyrics again are very difficult to interpret but i love that kind of stuff when it comes from them because they this kind of lyrics really match the atmosphere this the sound of the song. Uh, also I, I have to say I loved the bass in this one. The bass was very propulsive yeah yeah, what do you think?
1: Yeah uh, I think one of the main descriptions, that i would give for this album is that they kind of enhanced the rhythm section here uh it, it kind of it has a different role uh mm. there's another song that i would point out which we're not gonna play but uh um, yeah. for the sake of uh, explaining this uh it's the song called the last wall of the castle which is so groovy that I, I got chills when I want to listen to it so that's mm-hmm. one of the main things about this album the groove the rhythm section the drums and the bass all together they kind of form this solid uh, foundation and which obviously leads them to uh, to some other kind of parts
0: yeah yeah I mean great stuff I think the right direction for the band at that point the yes the the rhythm section is more pronounced and uh, you know and another thing that I think this record has in common with the previous one is that when grace takes over it brings a different flavor to the band they do sound different they Absolutely. do sound like a different band and, not to take anything away from the others they're all amazing this is what I really like about this band is that you have so many different singers going at it and it's it's not something that most famous bands have in their arsenal usually everything revolves around one singer one front man but not with Jefferson Airplane they're kind of like the beatles in that sense you know there's several members capable
1: of carrying the tune the right way coming from you as a huge beatles fan that's 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 quite a compliment
0: yeah definitely a band worthy of these compliments while of course i don't want to compare them to the beatles but um, this is definitely a kind of band that Brings about some of the best things about 60s rock music, especially this San Francisco, California psychedelic sound. I think it's like a world, uh, a whole different world in its own right compared to the rest of the 60s stuff, you know, especially British Invasion. Of course. Jefferson Airplane was heavily influenced by the Beatles and these other 60s British invasion bands, but uh, They have their own unique flavor going, you know, and that cannot be disputed and uh, They do share some of the sounds with Grateful Dead with some other San Francisco artists, but they're original enough to stand on their own ground, and uh, you may you may want to explore this band if you're a fan of sixties rock music. you don't want to miss out on these records, yeah yeah and speaking of which we decided to wrap this up with the record called Volunteers. Um, and what do you think about this one? This one, to me, I think, was when they, re- when they reached their prime. This is their prime.
1: Well, this is, uh, without a shadow of a doubt, my favorite out of these three. Um, it's overall, it's such a good album. So many good tracks. I love the li- the lyrics. Um I just want to conclude the previous album. I'm not gonna give any ratings. Uh I will oh, have yeah. to give them a few more lessons. But Volunteers, um fantastic album. It also features some um, live recordings. Um well there is something have you kind of uh, realized that uh most of their album covers have this american theme with the flag and the stars and everything
0: yeah well you know uh, this record in particular but the previous records as well have a political theme going on as well as all these all these psychedelia like and all, all these like love lyrics in addition to that there is a strong political theme and i think this record is the one where that becomes more obvious. So that's why there's the American flag in the background. And of course, I think it's, um, it's a message from the band about what American American values should be, you know, in especially as a response to what was going on at the time in you know, Vietnam and the young people being sent away to a foreign land, getting killed, basically uh, for the interest of the rich and powerful politicians. So this band was firmly against the, the establishment. And this album shows, I think, if you, yeah. if you dig more into the lyrical content. uh, There was also uh, something I read about the name of the record, Volunteers, that it was, uh, let me check that, it was a reference to Volunteers of America, an organization that was active at that time. Uh, Just a moment, I have to look this up.
1: Well, actually, the homonymous song... Uh, obviously mm-hmm. the song with the same name volunteers um if you pay attention to the lyrics you will quite get the point of this album it's pretty straightforward so you have no doubts about it uh, if you wonder if you get to that point of wondering what this album is all about
0: yeah yeah okay so here um So basically, Volunteers of America is a faith-based nonprofit organization founded in 1896 that provides affordable housing and other assistance services primarily to low-income people throughout the United States. So originally, the album was going to be named Volunteers of America, with a slight spelling change, where America would be spelled with K rather than C. But the organization itself complained, so they had to shorten the name of the record. But this is definitely a political statement there, maybe uh, mocking this organization for some reason, I guess, because you say it's a a faith-based organization, so they were probably more right wing oriented I can assume. But maybe yeah. um maybe there's more about it. Awesome. Uh, so we will look into it. Later. What I would also
1: like to say about this album and this this could sound completely biased and, and silly. Um it was released in the year nineteen sixty nine. Uh I kind of love that year. Uh <laughs> obviously Mm -hmm. because of the stooges um uh and the song uh by the stooges 1969 which is one of my all-time favorite songs the song that i always dance to uh when i when i play it so i don't know maybe that's the year when most records that suit my taste were released
0: well if If somebody asked me which year in the history of rock is the best year, I would definitely say 1969. I think if you look what was released in that year alone, it's just impressive. It's the peak of the 60s. So many great albums. You know, the Beatles released Abbey Road, the Stones let it bleed. You have uh, Creedence Clearwater Revival with a couple of great records. You have King Crimson and their debut album, in the court of the Crimson King. You have wow. the band. You have like this uh, a very long list of classics. The Stooges, their debut record. So uh, this year was in many ways a turning point for rock music, because another just like 90s. 1967 was similarly important I think but uh, 69 had more great records overall that's at least my subjective opinion
1: yeah yeah okay Okay. uh, would you like to pick some tracks from this album yes
0: so just give me a second Um, so
1: many great songs here there are so many to choose
0: Yeah, so so it's difficult, you know, Um, again, here the band sounds even better to me than on the previous two records, like they sound really mature, Uh, musicianship is through the roof, Uh, so I would choose Wooden Ships, because this is the song that I loved before, and there are two versions of this song. I don't know if you're familiar with that, but this song was also recorded by Crosby, Stills, and Nash. Another amazing oh, okay. 60s band, because it was actually written by David Crosby and Paul Kentner. Yes,
1: was that Kentner, the right? Yeah, uh, Kentner, I'm not sure, yeah. I think yeah. it's a German surname, so let's go with <laughs> Kentner. Yeah,
0: so David Crosby wrote this song together with Paul. And as a result, we have two versions. I think the first version that came out was on on Crosby, Stills, and Nash's debut record. I'm not sure about this. I have to check which record came out first. But I think it was uh, that one. And uh, I I advise you to check it out later on if you haven't heard it before. But I love this version as well. And uh, I was just reading. The Wikipedia entry seems that Crosby and Stephen Stills were on this album as well, that they were providing backing vocals, so maybe they're on this song as well. So let's take a listen and then we will further discuss.
2: That is something everybody, everywhere does in the same line
3: us both alive.
0: A great asset that this band had you know all those perfect singers the guitar um, solo
1: was su- superb
0: yeah yeah superb yeah. solo um, like a, a very unique song recorded by two classic bands each version i would say is amazing so if you have the time listen to crosby stills and nash's version yeah but this one, I, I dare say, is almost just as good, even though I think it comes down to which band you prefer personally. So because both versions are really well played. And here, the guitar work here, though, is just uh, out of this
1: world. Yeah. The guitar solo, as I mentioned is was absolutely amazing. I was actually looking at, at the lyrics uh, while listening to the song. Mm-hmm. And I have some interesting verses that I would like to discuss.
3: So, uh,
1: purple berries and silver people. What does that refer to? Do you have anything Uh on your
0: mind? So, allegedly, the song was written while David Crosby and Paul Kantner were on an acid trip
1: that makes sense
0: (laughs) so (laughs) that explains some of the
1: lyrics yeah there you go the 60s and like you know this
0: song is so well known and so trippy that there is one of uh more modern bands called wooden ships also from california i think that play some kind of very groovy, repetitive, psychedelic music. I really recommend them. I really like this band. Um, And I'm fairly certain that they named their band after this song, because I I don't know what else could this be a reference to. So a great, great band, Wooden
1: Ships. Just shows you how inspirational Jefferson Airplane were.
0: Yes. Definitely, and, uh, okay, Um, I'm reading about the meaning of the song, it also has some political references, it seems, Uh, it's about Vietnam, so, let me, let me look into the lyrics one more time.
1: The 60s, in a nutshell, basically. Yes.
0: Lyrics. Okay, so... Mm, Yeah, interesting. Wooden ships on the water, very free and easy. Easy, you know, the way it's supposed to be. Silver people on the shoreline let us be talking about very free and easy. So, And then you have, as a contrast here, horror grips us as we watch you die. So this is definitely about the war. All we can do is echo your anguished cries. Stare as all human feelings die. We are leaving. You don't need us. Um, and also interesting part go take your sister then by the hand lead her away from this foreign land far away where we might laugh again we are leaving, you don't need us so I think it's it's about this in my interpretation it's about this division in the society between this younger generation that wants peace, that wants prosperity and the old, traditional, conservative ways that took America to another senseless war. Yeah. But there's probably a lot of different interpretations to this song,
1: again. You can tell I, the song has an interesting background.
0: Yeah, yeah, and I like how some of the lyrics that Jefferson Airplane had were so, um, you know, kind of mystical, kind of difficult to decipher sometimes. Um, And here, you know, you have these parts that were obviously influenced by the drug use, but there are also moments of clarity in the lyrics where you can tell it's about this destruction going on and, uh, and this desire to be left out to, to be somewhere uh, to be in another world where things are better where people have the reasons to laugh when they're free and easy you know uh, like the, that hippie vibe free and easy
1: exactly yeah
0: yeah. Okay, is there any song that you would like to sing aloud here?
1: Oh, oh that that's a tough one. Um, um I like uh, "We Can Be Together." Uh, Good Shepherd, Kate mm-hmm. Frederick, but let's go with "We Can Be Together." Together, um, it's a song that immediately kind of me some um, special emotion uh, it sounded really i don't know it, it it sounds happy and joyful and really um fascinating so let's go let's go with that one
0: yeah i love this one too the great start to the record again your mile repeat that millions of times excellent Work by Yorma. Hey, let's listen to We Can Be Together.
1: song I mean it, it cheers you up right from the beginning and uh, I was again uh, trying to find the lyrics and let me tell you this um, when you type this song in Google search can you guess uh, whether it's one of the first results or one of the bottom results what mm. would you say I, I hope it's one of the first results.
0: It's a rock bottom. Really? Yeah. You know, uh, it, it's it's really interesting. And uh, the song, again, is also very politically charged and very straightforward. Yeah. Uh, you know, unlike wooden ships that has all those silver people and stuff like that, this one cuts straight to the chase, you know. And um, uh, I read... Here uh, I found information that this song is the first song that was performed on American TV where the, the word fuck was used. Wow. Yes. Really? Yes. Yeah, so this, this song was the first time that the word fuck was used on national
1: television
0: while debuting the song on the Dick Cavett show.
1: Well done, Jefferson Airplane. Yes, so
0: (laughs) it's interesting and I like this uh, very straight-to-the-point, very lefty vibe that this song has. It's hippie, but it's also kind of, uh, you know, this balls-to-the-wall attitude.
1: Uh, You know, what I love about it, it has these straightforward lyrics but the melody is you know lovely um mm-hmm. relaxed you know. yeah
0: yeah it, very it really
1: it kind of sends you the message the good the good times are there to take and we should we should not miss that opportunity i just love this this song is 10 out of 10 for me absolutely yeah definitely ten. 10
0: out of 10 and what about the whole album what would you give it
1: well probably the same 10 out of 10 mm-hmm. it's an all-around world reader i would definitely recommend it
0: i I'd, I'd, I'd give it like maybe 9 or 9.5 not sure i have to listen to it a bit more definitely a classic in in, in my book uh The previous one, I I didn't give the rating to that one yet. So I think after bathing at Baxter's, maybe 7.5 or 8. But this one is definitely a 9 or 9.5. I think I slightly prefer this one to Surrealistic Pillow, but they're so different that it's difficult to say which one I would rate higher, you know, so depends. Yeah. But definitely these two albums, I think I will be revisiting them more in the future. Um, so this is where our journey ends. But we will definitely continue exploring this band's music, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Um And they are apparently not glam rock. <laughs> no, 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 no. So, um this is pure 60s psychedelia with folk rock elements and uh, as such it's really a prime example of the of this hippie 60s vibe. You know, not all 60s bands have that kind of hippie vibe so this is the band to go to if you want a quality hippie San Francisco band. and. Even more importantly, this is a great jam band, you know, lots of great improvisation, great rhythm
1: section, great, great guitar work. Every single instrumentalist in this band was great. I mean, Mm -hmm. you cannot tell there are any kind of weak spots, I would say. What do you think?
0: No, I I don't think so. I mean, uh, what I've been listening to has been extremely pleasant throughout. You know, like every every arrangement, the voices, so beautiful. Um, Very catchy, a band with a strong pop sensibility. And this is something lacking when it comes to some other 60s psychedelic bands. Or where they just meander through a lot of improvisation and do not get anywhere. Here with Jefferson Airplane, there's so many hooks, so many catchy songs. Uh, a band with great pop and folk sensibility, beautiful guitar work. Really, nothing more to add. You know. Yeah. If you haven't listened to Jefferson Airplane go and check them out they deserve this
1: check we out would their definitely classic recommend work it. yes yes yeah. okay so any with final this, words uh, regarding this band yeah this is this is
0: basically my final verdict excellent band great elements combined in a seamless whole um, I will have to visit other records as well you know the ones that they made following volunteers uh also jefferson starship i'm kind of curious about them even though i know that they kind of went commercial in the 80s which is a whole different story you know with this typical synthesizer
1: sound and yeah new wave uh, and other stuff
0: yeah, yeah.
1: But uh, you know what
0: else is interesting is that I have a, an acquaintance, a friend who actually saw uh, Jefferson, Jefferson Starship live some, I guess, 10, 15 years ago uh, with a singer that wasn't great slick, but a new singer. But I think Paul Kantner was there and maybe some other members. And he said he was quite impressed. So even in these later incarnations, they still had it, I guess, uh, as musicians.
1: Yeah. yeah. Jefferson Starship is active nowadays. I mean, they are still...
0: They are?
1: Yeah, yeah. They have yeah. been around since 1972, I think. So there's still a yeah. chance to to kind of listen to these guys live. Which yes. which would be a pretty good investment, if you ask me.
0: Yes. Definitely. Yeah, it says they're still active. I don't know who who's in that lineup. Because I think some of the band members might be deceased. But yeah, definitely worth checking out. Yeah. Okay, so with this, we will finish today's episode, and we'll we'll talk more about more music to come in the following weeks.
1: Yeah. Thanks. Thanks for uh, listening to us. Uh, as you all know like share and subscribe uh spread the word Uh, we are two music geeks that love exploring new stuff and both new and old stuff and everything in, in, in between so we are now concluding our podcast with a recommendation for jefferson airplane and we'll see what we will be listening to in the next episode
0: Yes so bye and
3: have a have a nice day everyone goodbye